Ephesians, the first chapter, and we're going to begin in the 15th verse, and I'm just going to read through the 18th verse. And remember, everything that is said many times is built on what was said. In other words, they laid groundwork in order to get you to this point. And so in Ephesians 1, it says, Therefore, therefore, or because of your inheritance, because you're a child of God, on and on, he said, I also, <clears throat> after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and of your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you, in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. And then he goes on to explain different things that they would know. Know the hope or the expectation of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance. And he goes on and on. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I want to look at that first part about the prayer and this prayer life that, that Paul had. And we need a prayer life. We need a life of prayer. And uh, the Bible said we are to pray without ceasing. That means don't have a habit of praying for a week and then miss a month. He said pray and don't cease praying. In other words, have this habit where you talk to God. And so Paul had this habit. And in this, he said this. He said, therefore, I also. So there were other people praying this, and we know that. <clears throat> After I heard of your faith. So when he's talking about this in verse 15, he said, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. So that's a qualifying factor. He said, once I heard about your faith in the Lord, he said, this is what I didn't stop doing. I have kept doing this on your behalf. And what's interesting is he qualifies why and who he's talking to and who he's praying this way about. You know, if you are into automotive stuff, you would know that you just can't take rims off of a Honda and put them on a Chevy because they have a different bolt pattern. <clears throat> they won't work many times, you know, from one car to another. Maybe it's so, you know, if you like a different manufacturer's things, you can't just move it over to the other manufacturer's car. I don't know the whole reasoning behind it, but some things don't fit with some things. This prayer right here does not fit for unsaved people. People who are lost, you don't pray this kind of prayer for them. We know the Bible tells us people who are lost, we are to pray for laborers to go across their path and share the gospel with them. Jesus said that. But this kind of prayer, he said, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. What was he doing? He was basically saying, I heard about your faith. You believe in Jesus. Because of that, here's what I do. But notice he didn't just stop there. He said, 
and I've heard about your love to all the saints. What was he saying? He was basically saying, your faith in the Lord has been endorsed by your action. What do you mean? Well, the Bible said we know that we've passed from death unto life. In other words, when we put our faith in Jesus, we got life. We got love. We got a new nature. And so he said, we know we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. It's not just some religious rule. So he was able to walk up and go, man, your lives are so different that I notice you have faith and your love is evident. It's seen by how you treat the other believers. And so he said, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. So Paul, and we know this in his life, and even in the way Jesus told us to pray, the first thing he said, he said, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. First thing he told us to do, he said, if you want a prayer life, he said, be somebody who lifts your voice and gives worship to God and gives thanks to God. And so when people come, I've had people come and say, I don't know about this church, you know. I came in there, and people were just going, I praise you, and I glorify your name, and thank you, Lord, and I don't know about that. The church I go to, they don't do that. Well, I'm not saying anything bad if they don't, but I am saying there is a reason why we do. Because of our faith, and Jesus taught us in the model prayer there in Matthew 7 to say, our Father, that's for kids, believers, those who know Jesus, who art in heaven, holy is your name. So he didn't say think, hmm. but thinking it is good. But he said, holy is your name. Then he taught him to pray. Well, here he said, the first thing I do, and I've been doing this continually, you know, giving thanks for people gets rid of contamination, Thank you, God, for my parents. Uh, he didn't say, thank you, God, for my parents. You know, they're kind of weird and I don't, er. Uh. No, he just said, give thanks. And it'll clear out some contamination. Thank you, Father, for my parents. Just like you work on me, you're working on them. There might be more work on them than's needed on me, but you are working on both of us. Thank you for them. Right? I mean, not exactly. That's, you know, a little different. But he did say, give thanks. He gave thanks. These people weren't perfect. But he said, thank you, Lord. And he continually said, thank you, Lord. Why did he say, thank you, Lord? Maybe he was so grateful that these people had come out of the kingdom of darkness and knew Jesus. So he's like, thank you for them, Lord. Thank you that they're saved. Thank you that they're believers. It's so good to give thanks. That's one less person who's not going to hell. That's one more person who knows the Lord personally. That's somebody who is now walking with you. And so he said he continually. Notice he said, I do not cease. That means he continually did this. 
to give thanks for you. He knew he had a spiritual oversight over them too. And he said, man, thank you, God, for them. I'm thankful for you guys. Well, I mean, at least this half of the room. And no, the whole bunch. And I know we're all at different places, but thank God for what he has begun. And the Bible said, he who has begun a good work in you might get tired after a while and go, oh dear, look at them. No, he said he'll continue working it until the day he returns. So we can give thanks and say, thank God you're not done. You're working in them. We're saved. We're alive. And so he said he did not cease to give thanks for them. Then he said, making mention of you in my prayers. So when he prayed this, he made mention. He said, Lord, those people in Ephesus. And these people in Ephesus needed what we need in Mesa. They might have even needed it more. I don't know. But you go read. They had pagan worship. They worshiped things that were not God. They worshiped Diana. You know, you read in the book of Acts, great is the goddess Diana. Man, Paul got in trouble in this place from speaking, there's only one God, there's only one Lord, there's only one Savior. And they came after him. And people got all stirred up against him. And these people lived in that culture where they worshiped the goddess Diana. Say, well, what is this goddess Diana? Goddess Diana, not trying to be crude, she was the breasted one. She had a bunch of breasts. And there was just like sexual deviance there. And it was just perversion in the land. Just perversion in the land. And here they're living in that land. And he said, man, I thank you, God. You've delivered them out of the land, though they live there still. They're your people, and I make mention. So he said, those people at Ephesus. You could say this about the people in Mesa, the people in Christ to the nation's church. Any believer you know, you can pray this for him. He said this. He said, I make mention. He makes mention of you. In my prayers. So he gave thank, thanks, and then he mentioned them. That, and this is what he prayed. He basically tells the direction or what he wanted to happen in their lives. He said that the God of our or my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, or you could say of heaven and of all power, he said that he may give to you so he made mention and said, give this to them. And this was written so we might ask too and say, give this to them and give this to me. But he said, give this to them. Didn't he say that? Notice what he said, that you may give to you or to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Let me ask you this. Would God put in his word a prayer for something that God would give to them? We have the same thing as those saints, but not want to give it to you and cause you to know the same thing? No, there's no way. Because his kids are equal in his sight. What he wanted for them 
he wants for you. And what he wants for us as believers, he wants for the people who come after us and get saved. And so he said that he would give it to you. I don't know about you, but my Bible said, ask and you have about a 95% chance you're going to receive. No, he said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. So we can ask like he asked and we're going to get it. Right, I knew I was going to get it. No, not something bad. This is what you'll get. He said he'll give it or that he would give it. So if we ask, we know according to the Bible, he'll give it to us. That he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You could basically say it like this. There is knowledge from God. And in the light of that knowledge, he wants you to have wisdom Knowledge is information. Knowledge, there are people who collect information in life, but don't ever use it other than just to share it, but they don't put it into action. And there is a knowledge there in the Bible that he wants you to see. So he made this statement that you'd get a spirit of wisdom and revelation, or you could say it like this. Not your mind, not your body, but the spirit inside. Your spirit would get full of wisdom. If you would ask, he would give you a bunch of wisdom. But he tells you what wisdom it is. And what is wisdom? It literally means skilled in the way you do and skilled in the application. You ever got a tool and thought, awesome, I've got this tool. And you tried to use it and thought, ah, that hurt. I don't think it was supposed to hurt. I don't think it was supposed to do that to me. It was supposed to remove screws or something like that. And that hurt. You know, I had my hand here and I was holding it as it was spinning because I thought maybe it's going too fast. It's called a drill. You need wisdom. Touch the handle, not the bit. That means you're skillful in how to do it concerning that knowledge. This thing has knowledge to undo screws or to drill holes, but here's the wisdom on how to use it. And what's interesting, he said that your spirit, your inward parts would get wisdom. You would become skilled in how to do it. Man, if we ever need to be skilled in how to do it, don't we? In this Christian life, we need to be skilled, and he will help you. And then it says a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And revelation simply means to pull back the curtain. This book, you know, people are like, man, we read that verse before. You know how many times I read that verse? You are not getting it. You don't have it yet when you think like that. Because when the curtain gets pulled back, the curtain being pulled back just means there's something already there. When it gets pulled back, you just see what's there. Rev that's all revelation is. Lord, I need a spirit of wisdom, my spirit to be filled with wisdom and revelation. In other words, that 
the curtain would be pulled back, I'd see. You could say it like this. Lord, I want to see what's already there. Have you ever read something for five or ten years in the Bible or maybe a month? I don't know how long you've been going with God. And you went, whoa, oh, whoo. Ah, and it wasn't your head. You just saw something inside. It was already there in the book. You just got revelation. The curtain got pulled back, and when the curtain gets moved, you see what's behind the curtain. And you remember Let's Make a Deal? Anybody remember that? We used to watch that when we were little. You dress up like a psycho, and you can get a reward for it if you act enough like one, too. And they call on you or... And uh, now that you don't even have to go to a game show to act like that. And, um, but the fact of the matter is they'd go in there and they would say, you want what's behind curtain number one, curtain number two, curtain number three. And they're like, I don't know if I should give up this $50. Yeah, I'm like, give it up, see what you got. And they go, I'll take number two. And then they're like, well, look what you missed behind number one. It's a brand new car. And then they open the next one. It's like a donkey. They were all back there the whole time, but it just got revealed to them. But there aren't no donkeys with God. It's good stuff. And you need to see what's in the cur behind the curtain. And if you're a believer, you need to trade in whatever you've got for this. Paul said, I forget everything that's behind, and I press on that I might know. There's people holding on to stuff they shouldn't be holding on to, and you just need to move forward. And you need to ask. And we need to ask for one another. Give them wisdom. Help them so their spirit knows beyond their mind and that they get revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Because you can read a verse and it says you are a new creation in Christ. You're like, yeah, I heard that. You are a new creation in Christ. But the day that, the, that you get that revelation in you, you're going to go, I am a new creation in Christ. Whoa. Why? What's the difference? What was revealed to you? In the knowledge of Him. And what's interesting is the next part. He said, the eyes, or you could read it like this, so the eyes, what are eyes for? To see. So that the eyes... Of your head. No. No, because when you read your Bible, the eyes of your head are looking at it. So these aren't the eyes of your head. Didn't Jesus say some interesting stuff? If anybody has ears to hear, let them hear. All the disciples could have said, um, everybody has ears. Except for the guy Peter cut his ear off. So these aren't the eyes of your head. He said the eyes of your understanding. The way you reason in your heart and in your soul. The way you think and process. So that you can adopt these in the way you look and believe in life. Notice, he prayed that so that the result would be the eyes of their understanding. How they understand would be enlightened, then that means there could be darkness. And what is darkness? Darkness is just thinking wrong. It's outside the boundaries of God. And he said so that you'd get light. In other words, 
you would begin to think the way God wants you to think, understand the way God wants you to understand. So this tells me this is something I've got to go after because I may be light in the Lord in my spirit, because the Bible said that, but I might have some reasoning that's not so bright. But he said you can get this and it would cause the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. In other words, you wouldn't be in the dark anymore. You, what is it if you're not in the dark? I mean, I went hiking recently because I've been going late at night and going by myself. And one night I <clears throat> went up to the trailhead and jumped out of the car and went to grab my light. And there was no light. I didn't bring it. I thought, there's a pretty good moon but I often pray, Lord, I want to see snakes, animals. So like you go, how? I had neighbors when I lived in Gold Canyon say, you post more pictures of snakes. We live out here and we never see them. And I, I'm not going to tell them publicly. Well, then pray about it if you want to. But I do. And I always say, Lord, that I'll see them before I ever come up on them. That's another way. That way you don't step on it and go, that's a rattlesnake. And so I see him. And uh, so here I get to this trail. There's a pretty good moon out. And so I start walking and, you know, after not having the light, and I thought, well, I'll go for a short distance. And I'm going much slower because my eyes are getting adjusted. But with my light, I'll go at a pretty good pace. You get to see different things. But when your eyes don't have the proper light, you've got to be careful where you're stepping and I mean, here's the thing. It was either the night before, two nights before, and, and your head will go, hey, remember this, remember that. I mean, I had seen scorpions. I had seen an elf owl sitting on the trail. I had seen uh, uh, tarantulas and different things along the way. As a matter of fact, when you get up to this one area toward the top, there was a bunch of blood. I was like, wow, somebody fell through here. So now you have this, and here I am trekking out in the dark. Because I thought, I want to drive five minutes home and get a light. Why do, why do you need light? The Bible tells us people stumble in the dark. And they don't see where they're going. He said this would remedy you. Isn't it interesting? We all walk naturally, but we can walk different spiritually if we get light. You can walk different. If you get light, if you get light inside, you can walk different. Not naturally walk different, but yeah, naturally walk different, but walk different spiritually. It could change how you pray. It can change how you make decisions. It can change where you go. It'll change how you act. If you see, otherwise people do wrong, and we wonder, why do they do that? We know that's not good. They're stumbling. Somewhere they don't have light. Or they need more light. Or a leash. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. That you 
may know. God wants you to know some stuff. Not just have information, but really know him. Know what he's offered. And so he said that you might know. And then he goes on for a list of things. But we're not going to go into that list today. It seemed when I was praying, we'll go this far. But I would encourage you, this is a prayer you can pray for yourself. This is a prayer you can pray for saved people. You know, if you've given your life to the Lord, you can pray this way. You can say, and I pray different ways. I pray, Lord, if people come and they're not saved, convict them when they hear the word of God. If you're saved and they come, Lord, teach them. Help them to see. When people come in here, deal with them. I've had people tell me various times, well, I just I don't want to go there because the Lord deals with me. Okay, Adam. Remember, he was supposed to meet with God in the cool of the day, and he went and hid himself. Why? Because when God came, he knew God would deal with him. And when God was somewhere, he would be dealt with. So he's hiding in the bushes. You with me? But the thing is, I pray different ways for you when you come and on your own so that you get ready. So that my, maybe you were watching something on TV or maybe you brought it up with somebody or maybe you were talking about it and praying about it. And I always tell God, prepare their hearts, get them ready. And so then I hear people say this all the time. We were, we were just talking about that last night. I was just reading about that this morning. Because God is getting you ready. And so we would pray different for saints so you can pray this way. The gist of the prayer is, Lord, there's knowledge about you. Concerning that knowledge, I need my spirit filled with wisdom about it. And I need, I need my spirit filled with revelation about it. The effect being this, so that I can know. When you know, listen, here's how you know when you know. You get excited about it. You know, it turns your crank, so to speak, inside. You don't have to jump and run around, but inside you're like, uh, you better believe it. So, I know it's right. And you, if you will pray this way, I am telling you on the inside things will change. And when they do, you'll get a confidence like you did not know was available. So just pray it. And you can pray it again, and you can pray it again, and you can pray it again, and you can pray it again. And you ought to thank God, too. Don't just pray this for yourself. Pray this for other people. But don't forget to give thanks. Thank you, God, I'm saved. Thank you, God, I'm born again. Thank you, Lord, they're saved. And I promise you, your life will change. Confidence will start coming in you. Amen? That means absolutely so be it. You ready? Ready to pray? We won't pray right now. But get this, put it in your arsenal. You know what I mean by that? Pray this way. I mean, people who are lost, 
just if they've heard the gospel, then get after them this way. God, you said you'd convict them by your spirit. What does that mean? That they'll sense that they're guilty before God. They need a savior. But a saved person isn't guilty before God. Now, they may need to make some adjustments with their life. But God wants them to see so they can walk a certain way.